Hey everyone, it's your host of See Jurassic Right, Stephen Ray Morris here, just dropping in to say, I hope you've been enjoying all the new episodes in 2023 and 2024 so far. There are new interviews with filmmakers, musicians, scientists, the screenwriter of Land Before Time, audio essays about the rich history of the Jurassic Park and Jurassic World franchise, and all the news about the upcoming animated show Jurassic World Chaos Theory and the as-of-yet untitled Jurassic World sequel coming next summer. I really need your help supporting the show right now, and you can do that by leaving a tip and or giving a monthly follow on Patreon, patreon.com slash There are $1 and $5 tiers, but more is coming. Sharing the show, giving five-star reviews in Apple Podcasts, and liking and commenting on social, at Stephen Ray Morris on Instagram and Twitter, goes a long way to help boosting the show's visibility again online in this new era. I'm an independent podcaster and your support is so important and means the world to me in keeping this podcast running. Link to the Patreon is in the show notes. Hold on to your butts. Thank you. And now on to the show. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Stephen Ray Morris here, and welcome to the latest episode of Swift Bites, a weekly Sea Jurassic Right podcast series where I cover what's happening in the universe of Jurassic Park, Jurassic World, dinosaur science, and more. This week, Forbidden Romance and Fossils with a trailer for the Mary Anning biopic Ammonite, Michael Crichton's Sphere adaptation now in development from HBO and the makers of Westworld, and the Jurassic Park movies officially become the first live-action film franchise to average $1 billion per film. All these bites and more, hold on to your butts right now. Okay, I already did the last episode. Hey everyone, Steve Ray Morris here, coming to you live. No, coming to you from Oregon again. This is the last one that is going to be in Oregon before I head back down to Los Angeles. And yeah, I'm looking forward. Obviously, I miss Penny Lane, so I'm excited to go home. But we got a few interesting stories this week. All quiet on the Dominion front. This is this might be the first episode of Swift Bites since I started that does not have Dominion news. So that's actually pretty interesting. Anyway, let's get to our first one. It's a trailer for... I said biopic only just because I feel like that's just a snappier way of saying it. I don't think it's necessarily a biopic, but we saw a trailer for Ammonite, which is... Uh, and if you don't know who Mary Anning is, she's one of the OG paleontologists back in the day. And the trailer was released. It comes out, I believe, in November, supposedly in theaters, although I feel like setting movie theater dates now is very strange. But it stars Kate Winslet as Mary Anning and then Saoirse Ronan as... 
basically a woman who it's it's in a way it's like kind of a classic story of like it takes place later in Mary Anning's life, I guess, when she's sort of past her prime, quote unquote, and she's now working for sort of just, you know, when people would go back, you know, on the beach back in the day and she would basically like people would pay her to like help go fossil hunting and stuff like that. So she's kind of reduced to helping tourists and stuff. And so this man comes in, he's like, my wife is, is depressed. You need to help her. And then, uh Oh, they fall in love looking for fossils. And it's, let me, so variety released the trailer. Uh, and it's directed by Francis Lee. I'm not familiar with their work, but, um, the in God's country I know is supposed to be a really good film, but yeah. So the press release of the description of the movie goes set in England in the 1800s. Winslet plays Mary Anning, a fossil hunter who works alone on the rugged coastline in the South of the country with her days of making famous geological discoveries behind her. She now searches for common fossils to sell to tourists to support herself and her sickly mother. One day, a wealthy tourist pays a visit to Mary and asks her to take care of his ailing wife, Charlotte Murchison, uh, played by Sarsha Ronan, who suffers from melancholia. Charlotte's husband offers too much to turn down, and Mary has herself a new apprentice, albeit one who, quote-unquote, doesn't like the water. Uh, Mary and Charlotte initially clash due to their different social classes and personalities, but over time, they f- they begin to form an intense, passionate bond, compelling them, compelling them to determine the true nature of their relationship. And so it was, I guess this film was supposed to come out or was supposed to debut at Cannes Film Festival and Telluride, but it now debut at the Toronto Film Festival, which I guess is still happening in September. So, oh, it does say release date will be released later. I don't know where I got November from. Maybe it was in the trailer. I don't know. But anyway, I mean, I'm sure there's going to be a great way to see it. Maybe, you know, some VOD options or something like that. This article, by the way, in Variety was from Jordan Maru. I'm super excited for this film. I love Kate Winslet. I love Saoirse Ronan. Little Women is probably tied for my favorite film from 2019, other than Parasite. And, you know, these sort of forbidden romance period pieces are just so cool. And, you know, this lesbian relationship and stuff like that, which I don't know much. I don't know much about this story. Um, I know a little bit about Mary Anning just from, you know, listening to podcasts and stuff about her, but I don't know anything about the sort of relationship aspect. And I'm curious to know if the movie goes into, you know, any paleontology. I mean, it's just like to see, like, uh, at least in the trailer, it's a lot of like Mosasaur fossils, maybe, or something. Uh, or ichthyosaurs. Yeah, that's what it is. Ichthyosaurs and stuff like that. So I don't know. It's just to me, any chance to like recreate the period in which like, you know, like especially paleontology to see paleontology born is really cool. I mean, we have Jurassic Park where it's like they show, you know, people digging up bones and stuff in the beginning, but to see somebody and Mary, I mean, to see Mary Anning digging up bones, you know, back in the 1800s is like super interesting. And so I don't know. I mean, uh, is anyone does anyone else out there really love just seeing any kind of movie with dinosaurs in it or or specifically interested in Mary Anning and stuff like that? I mean, I definitely need to do more um, more research into act because I would love to do a series on paleontologists, just like, you know, the, the sort of history of of paleontology in general. So this might be my chance, especially with my science series coming up. I can this is that could be a jumping off point to dig into the dig to dig into the past and sort of look at some of the, the, again, some of the OGs of paleontology, because I know a little bit here or there, but I mean, not, you know, 
I, I, oh God, I was going to say dig again. Anyway, go watch the Ammonite trailer if you haven't already. It looks really cool. And again, it's just nice to see like something that has to do with paleontology and sort of this prestige kind of feeling and stuff. I mean, if it's supposed to come out at the end of this year or at least premiere at Toronto and then come out and come out at the end of the year, then maybe this is like, I mean, with Kate, with Kate Winslet and Sorsha Ronan, it definitely feels like Oscar potential. So let me know what you think. All right. And then speaking of more development of sort of dinosaur Jurassic adjacent activities, Sphere is going to be adapted into a series from the makers of Westworld. And this is super exciting for me because Michael Crichton's Sphere was maybe the first Michael Crichton novel I read after reading Jurassic Park and Lost World. Yeah, I think it. I'm pretty sure it's Sphere. Because I don't think I read Congo till later and Andromeda Strain and Terminal Man and uh, all that stuff. But and it's from producer um, Denise Thee, I think is how you say her last name or Thee. She's a producer on uh, HBO's Westworld. Um, this article from Variety uh, was written by Will Thorne. And so they are, so HBO is set to develop a sci-fi series based on Michael Crichton's 1987 novel. Oh, maybe I like it because it came out the year I was born, <laughs> which was previously adapted into a 1998 film starring Dustin Hoffman, Sharon Stone, Samuel L. Jackson, as well as, this is my own editorializing, Queen Latifah, Peter Coyote, Lee Schreiber. It was a stacked cast. And it's, I'll just say this now, it's a shame. I've gone, I've tried to go back and watch Sphere multiple times but the movie is just kind of boring and I don't really know why it's been a while since I read the book, but I've been meaning to go back and read it. And I, I forget if I just mentioned this, but up top, but sphere is my favorite Michael Crichton novel, not Jurassic park. I'm sorry, Jurassic park. I mean, it's pretty close, but what I love about sphere, as far as Michael Crichton's writing go, it was definitely his most psychological. It was definitely his most kind of internal looking film because it's about people trapped at the bottom of the ocean. Um, you know, it's, but I think when they made the movie, they tried to kind of just sort of, it felt like a knockoff version of the abyss, but the book isn't like that. There's just so many twists and turns. And again, in this article, yeah, the showrunner and executive producer will be Denise Thea. Sorry, sorry, I pronounced your name wrong. Sphere plunges the audience 1000 feet into the ocean where a group of scientists confronts the surreal, beautiful and deadly mysteries of the universe only to find people closest to us may prove to be the most alien. The film version directed by Barry Levinson only just managed to recoup its budget, grossing 73 million at the box office. So, yeah, it's being produced by the new series is being produced by Jonathan Nolan and Lisa Joy, uh, who did Westworld and... Yeah, I mean, the rest of the article, I don't, uh, whatever. But um, I'm just excited for this. And as I was saying online somewhere, some, maybe the Facebook group or on Twitter, but Michael Crichton, I mean, so many of his books, so many of his books have been adapted into movies. And yet, other than Jurassic Park and Congo and Lost World, I mean, he hasn't had, and the original Andromeda Strain, I think, is very good. I haven't seen Terminal Man yet, but I actually just got it recently. But I just feel like, especially in the 90s, when that was kind of the heyday of Michael Crichton adaptations, they weren't really done justice. And I think with a TV show, I mean, you know, I, you know, after just, you know, the beginning of this year coming off binging Westworld and really loving it, to see, to know that that same team is going to come and do Sphere, I just think they're going to do that kind of adult sexy thriller right. I think Sphere is is very internal and it's very scary. So I think that they can really play with that stuff really well 
And yeah, I think, yeah, I mean, the team of Westworld, I think, will be able to kind of capture what is so special about Michael Crichton's work as they've already done with Westworld. So, uh, yeah, uh, let me know if you've read Sphere, if you're excited about that. I was I'm I'm hoping to reread it soon because I'd love to do a little like primer on Sphere for people who, you know, are Jurassic Park fans, but haven't necessarily gotten into the rest of Michael Crichton's work. I think it's definitely the most again, it's 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 the most internal, but it's also kind of sexy and scary. And, you know, there's, you know, like without spoiling anything, there's, you know, underwater stuff, creatures, maybe from outer space, I don't know, or something, you know, computer stuff. I mean, it's, it's truly like, it's got the, all the great hallmarks of, of Crichton and you know that it shares a lot of uh, DNA anyway yeah I let me know if you're excited for this if you're into because again I just really want I really want Michael Crichton's work to you know I want more prestige ad- adaptations of Crichton's work so the fact that we're getting sphere and this really just kind of came out of nowhere um, as far as I know this is very exciting to me. And yeah, I mean, I love underwater stuff. I love the ocean. I love the bottom of the ocean. So, you know, as far as like things that I enjoy. So this is going to be really exciting for me. So for me, I'm very excited for me, but let me know if you're interested in, in this, if you're interested in adaptations of other Crichton's work, if you want a remake of Congo or a TV show version or, you know, timeline or something like that. Um, yeah, let's let's get a discussion going for other Michael Crichton works that deserve a second look or maybe a Michael Crichton novel that hasn't been adapted yet, like Prey or or Airframe or something like that. I mean, that's not really sci-fi. But anyway, yeah, let's keep it moving on to the next story. All right. This story comes from Jurassic Outpost. Love, love everyone over at Jurassic Outpost, as you know. Um, and this comes from Josh Evans and it says Jurassic becomes first major live action film franchise to average 1 billion per film. Uh, I'm not going to go deep into this, but I'll include the article, but I wanted to mention it because it's very exciting. And essentially the idea is that if you, cause I mean, Josh did a lot of great work with this article and, you know, really breaking down every franchise and sort of showing how the numbers kind of where the chips fall. So, you know, currently Jurassic Park has five films with Dominion coming next year. And essentially because of these COVID-19 re-releases of Jurassic Park, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom and Jurassic World, essentially those kind of, I mean, uh, this was before the Swift Bites, but there was like, like one of the first weeks of the summer back in June or July, Jurassic Park was the number one movie at the box office. And considering most movie theaters were closed, this was, I think was including um, outdoor screenings and stuff and drive-in movie theaters and everything. But just, it just really shows, I think, I think, and I, I think, you know, if I'm going to guess why Josh put this article together and why Outpost put this article together is because the type of we want the Jurassic franchise to be treated with the kind of respect that like Star Wars and Marvel get. And I think that there's this sense that from the fans towards Universal, like, look, invest in this franchise, like do the time books, comics, video games, you know, put the story group together to manage the lore. Like we want all that stuff like these films are so successful and it sort of feels like we're not given this the amount of investment that, say, a Marvel or a Star Wars film is. And 
again, going into the, to the deets. And if you want to, you know, I'm not going to repeat this whole article here, but there's, you know, Josh really crunches the numbers. And so, yeah, Star Wars has 11 theatrical films and the Marvel Cinematic Universe has 23 films. Uh, you know, they, he also mentions the Harry Potter franchise, Pirates of the Caribbean, Hunger Games, Fast and the Furious. So, I mean, that idea that, that, Jurassic with its five films, you know, the average, if you just, if you just do the pure average, each one has made over, which that's, you know, it's not, he's not saying that like each film has made over a billion, but if you just kind of lay down the average of all five, that each film has worked, has made a billion. And whereas like, if you lay down the average for all the Marvel cinematic universe movies, there's been a couple of stinkers in there that have kind of dropped it down and same thing with star Wars. So I just think that's really because truly like Jurassic World, Jurassic Park and Fong Kingdom are really carrying the weight um, as far as like JP3 and Lost World are concerned. I mean, let's see Jurassic Park. Let's see. Yeah, Jurassic Parks. Um, those grosses were over a billion. You know, Lo- Lost World was 600 million. But, you know, <laughs> JP3 was like barely 4 million. So um, again, it's truly the kind of the, the Jurassic world part of the franchise. And then the original Jurassic park, that kind of even everything out. So, but yeah, again, I, this is a really great article and it really goes in depth about how, you know, just how people kind of look at franchises. And I, I love this article because again, it's kind of to this point of like, these movies do well and we want a more long-term investment. And, you know, recently Frank Marshall did say that, you know, this is the beginning of a new era. And I kind of, I really, I think after Dominion comes out, I think we're going to feel very positively about the future of the franchise. I think it's this phase of Jurassic world has been very like, is this going to be a thing again? But it's like dinosaurs, man. (laughs) <laughs> so yeah, I, I urge you to go read this article again. I link everything in the show notes and yeah, it's just Jurassic Park. We get no respect, you know, but yeah, I really, I, I really want the future of Jurassic to be long and I'm excited to be here um, because it's just so much fun. I, I, again, it's that ultimately that thing of like, you know, we've talked about on the podcast a bunch. It's like, really? Dominion's the last Jurassic movie? They're just going to stop it? It's like, no, of course not. But I think articles like this are going a long way of like being like, hey, like when, you know, even if we continue after Dominion, we can make it even more robust. We can we can invest in this franchise. We can really get people excited about the years in between the films because there's going to be comics and books and movies uh, comics and books and TV shows and, you know, video games and other tie-in things to look forward to. And yeah, this is, this is going to be a ride that we're going to be, you know, this walk in the park is going to be long and fun and, and yeah. So, um, yeah, check it out. Uh, yeah, Josh Evans, you put together a really great article. Um, and now I'm going to go, cause that was a little short. I'm going to go into a little bonus news, uh, <laughs> mostly because it's just really funny because I, I think as a lot of you know, I'm not, I haven't, I have been playing my, I have been playing the Jurassic World Minecraft. So that's actually really funny that this announcement came here, that Jurassic World Evolution is coming to the Nintendo Switch. 
uh, yeah, I've, I've been playing Minecraft. I've been, you know, getting better at it. it. It's very hard to, it's, I think if you've never played Minecraft, diving into it is very, it's just a lot, which is really exciting though. It just feels so open and you can do anything, which I guess is the point of Minecraft. But if you've always wanted to play Jurassic World Evolution, like I have, this is very exciting. So, uh, I'm over here at the Jurassic World Evolution website. Uh, take charge of operations on the legendary islands of the Cinco Muertes archipelago and bring the wonder, majesty, and danger of dinosaurs to life. Build for science, entertainment, or security interests in an uncertain world where life always finds a way. So bio- bioengineer over 60 dinosaurs that think, feel, and react intelligently to the world around them. Play with life itself to give your dinosaurs unique behaviors, traits, and appearances. Then contain and profit for- from them to fund your global search for lost dinosaur DNA. Control the big picture with deep management tools or go hands-on to confront challenges on the ground or in the air expand your islands and choose your own journey in a captivating narrative featuring iconic characters from across the film franchise and decades of jurassic world lore at your fingertips so it's supposed to be the complete edition in my guess and i don't see anything on the website oh here we go this is awesome. Okay. I didn't see this actually when I first read this article, but so the complete edition means that, and again, I just got a, I just got a Nintendo switch, you know, in the last six months and the last video game system, like console I had was GameCube. So DLC download store sharing on like all this stuff online play, like all of that is so new to me. Like as far as like bringing up to speed over, you know, almost 20 years of, of kind of video, the way video games work. So anyway, and I think this is interesting because I think when Jurassic World Evolution came out, which for those who don't know, it's essentially Dino Park Tycoon, but it's beautiful. I mean, it's, you have the kind of almost film quality look to it with the dinosaurs and everything like that. You're managing your, you're managing your Jurassic Park, your Jurassic World. And so I think when the, when the first, you know, when the, when the game first came out a few years ago, I think it came out around when Fallen Kingdom came out, you know, I think people were, it felt it was a little bare bones. Ugh. Ah, ah, another pun. And since then they've released three DLC, which I'm sure somebody like Tom Jurassic could speak more to of a uh, Tom Fishenden who you can watch him play the game on, on the Jurassic Park podcast, YouTube. And he's made some amazing videos, the, the dinosaur fact Fridays and things like that. I mean, it's such a beautiful space to exist in once you've built your park and everything like that. So anyway, the DLC, there's Secrets of Dr. Wu, Claire Sanctuary, and the Return to Jurassic Park, which they got Laura Dern, Sam Neill, and Jeff Goldblum to come back and almost do like this sort of alternate universe sequel to Jurassic Park. So also there's tons of dinosaur packs. I'm just looking here. So it looks like kind of when you get the Nintendo Switch version, you kind of get everything all in one go, which is actually really exciting because, I mean, about six months ago, I was ready to buy a PS4 just to play Jurassic World Evolution. But I'm actually very excited because I already have a Switch and I think this comes out. Let's look at the release date. Oh, here's why I thought Ammonite came out November 3rd or in November, at least, is because the Jurassic World Evolution Complete Edition for Nintendo Switch comes out in November, on November 3rd specifically. So you can pre-order it now. I'll put a link to the site so you know where to go. Um, Yeah, has anybody else been like me and kind of held off from Jurassic World Evolution? 
mostly because they didn't have a video game system to play it on or PC. Yeah, I'm actually really glad I held off. I think that's kind of where I'm at right now. I'm like, I really wanted to play it, but I'm also not the most, I'm not the biggest fan of management stuff. You know, it's like, I kind of just want to get on the ground and get dirty with the dinosaurs. But I think now that it's on the switch, I'm like, hell, I'll give it a go. So um, let me know if anyone's else feeling like me. Let me let me know if you have been playing Jurassic World Evolution and maybe you want to just try it out for the Switch because you can sort of take Jurassic World Evolution with you mobily. I've seen a little bit of chatter online about that um, and being excited with that ability because, I mean, as far as the Switch is concerned, I definitely have played it more handheld than I've played it on my TV. Um, I, again, I have it up here with me in Oregon right now, and I've been playing Minecraft. And oh, and Corey Anderson, who writes for Jurassic Outpost, he was mentioning the other day, and I actually downloaded that as well, is that you can play uh, the Jurassic World and Jurassic Park pinball on Switch. So I downloaded that as well. So I actually have been playing a lot of Jurassic-related games on the Switch while I've been up here. And yeah, I think I'm going to get Jurassic World Evolution, I think, especially because... I will probably be done with the Jurassic World on Minecraft by November. So, um, yeah. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. That's about it. Or, you know, that's about it. That wraps up the news and everything like that. Again, it's interesting that we didn't have any Dominion news this week, which just in my gut feels like we're going to get something next week, but we'll see. And I just started watching Lovecraft Country. No spoilers. It's so, so fucking good. It's so good. Yeah, I'm just watched episode one. I'm going to watch episode two and three probably this weekend. Let me know if you're watching that. If you love your sci-fi with a little bit more social commentary and stuff like that. And yeah, it's really good. And also I wanted to mention that while I've been up here uh, with uh, my mom and my stepdad, Rick, we'll, you know, they have a really nice setup. So we're always, you know, like Saturday nights are kind of like movie night and we'll watch like whatever block, like Predator is his favorite movie. Closer Encounters of the Third Kind is my mom's favorite movie. So we love to just watch big blockbuster, sci-fi, whatever films. And of course, we will watch Jurassic films. And on this trip, we watched Jurassic World in 4K, which was awesome. Um, and then a couple nights ago, not on a weekend, we watched Fallen Kingdom. And then I sh- we had to show them Battle of- uh, Brent and I had to show them Battle of Big Rock at the end. And besides getting a retweet from Jay Bayona, the director of Fallen Kingdom, which is really awesome, he just retweeted with like a smiley face. And that makes me three smiley face emojis. So that makes me really happy. But um, I've been sharing the I just it's that thing. It's like you want to sit and watch a movie, but also it's like, well, but, you know, I'm like, this is my shit, man. So I want to like talk about it. But at the same time, it's truly the first time I actually watched Jurassic World and Fallen Kingdom and Battle at Big Rock, like really close to each other in that way where. 
it felt like a very meaningful rewatch in that sense of like, wow, I'm getting so much new stuff from Fallen Kingdom. And yeah, I'll post a link to the Twitter thread. Um, but the one thing I wanted to mention that um, besides Jurassic World is for theme park nerds, Fallen Kingdom is for people who cry when thinking about how beautiful dinosaurs are. And somebody responded, they're like, like, I'm both. And I'm like, yeah, me too. But again, it was that thing of like, Jurassic World and Fallen Kingdom are so tonally different from each other in a way, like, I almost took, in some ways, the style of acting in a way from, from Claire and Owen. And yeah, it's, it's very different, but I, I love, I love them both. Um, and if anything, it made me appreciate both films even more. Oh, and <laughs> this is what one thing I wanted to mention because I feel like the sort of more mainstream, like non Jurassic audience where the kind of thing that they kind of stick it to fallen kingdom is they're saying that the dinosaurs are underpriced or like undervalued, but rewatching the movie, it's like, well, no Mills doesn't want to try and make the most money from these dinosaurs. He's trying to do a liquidation sale. He's trying to get rid of all of the original stock of dinosaurs so that they can have money to work on more Indoraptors essentially. So to me that made, it made sense that it was sort of like everything had to go, go down to crazy Eddie's kind of thing. Like we got to get uh, two for one, you know, like that kind of thing. Like, so to me, the, the auction makes a little bit more sense if that was something that kind of bugged you about the film. And then the other thing I wanted to mention that I thought too, that I'm really excited about is that, the other big kind of sticking point to Fallen Kingdom has been for a lot of people has been like, oh, well, you know, they released like, I don't know, a few dozen dinosaurs out into the wild. It's not like they're going to go full Planet of the Apes and take over the world like they could easily be contained or whatever. But truly, that's not the point of the ending at all. When you see Macy press the, you know, push the button and then release the dinosaurs in the wild. But you don't see just dinosaurs in the wild. You see DNA being carted off. You see uh, Claire and Owen and Macy going somewhere. You see land, sea, and air, di- you know, uh, creatures, uh, you know, dinosaur and uh, marine reptile and flying reptile. You see dinosaurs being carted off from different companies and different crews and things like that. And so, truly, the ending of Fallen Kingdom is the butterfly effect. It's what Malcolm said in Jurassic Park a butterfly can flap its wings in Peking, and in Central Park, you get rain instead of sunshine. So, like, that's the point of Fallen Kingdom. And I think Colin's been saying that, but it's just like, oh, it didn't really quite hit me that the point of the ending of Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom is that you're basically just seeing all these choices being made, these little kind of effect, you know, these little kind of actions, and that's going to just snowball effect into the beginning of Dominion. And so three years of what has happened because of those choices is where we're going to is where we're going to start things off. So that to me was the most exciting element of rewatching Fallen Kingdom. So yeah, again I'll share the link to the thread. Um I wanted to shout out my interview with Brad Jost again from the Jurassic Park podcast. I'll put that link back in the notes for this one if you missed it. It was super fun just to talk about everything we know about Dominion. And other than the you know, scaling down of the shoot in Malta, there hasn't been any news. So the conversation is still very relevant and really exciting. And so I wanted to end this episode by playing the trailer for the back to school series that I'm doing. So basically starting September 7th, every Monday, you're going to hear me interview a different scientist, you know, in the dinosaur fossil prehistoric world realm. I'm, I'm truly, these are some of the most fun conversations I've had in my entire life as somebody who has always been fascinated with science 
uh, and not just dinosaurs, but just deep time and geology and all of that and paleobotany and science communication. It was truly, it. I'm so grateful that all these scientists wanted to talk to me. And uh, yeah, so I'm very excited to share those conversations with you starting September 7th. I would really love it if all of you gave them a listen, shared them, told people about them, because I really want to do more of that. Because I know that talking to all of you that, you know, Jurassic Park is great and you love Jurassic Park, but you know, the kind of way that it's opened, you know, your curiosity into the natural world and dinosaurs and ancient life and everything. It's just, uh, you know, I'm thankful for Jurassic Park for giving that for me as well, too. But yeah, I'm super excited. Uh, let's play that trailer and I will see you next week. Hi, everyone. Stephen Ray Morris here, host of See Jurassic Right. And I'm very excited to tell you about a new series coming this September to the podcast. Now, typically on this podcast, we talk Jurassic Park, we talk dinosaurs, nostalgia, childhood memories, but I'm also fascinated by science and the scientists making discoveries about the world we live in. I'm calling this the Back to School series, where in the coming weeks, you'll be hearing interviews with a group of diverse scientists who are doing incredible work in their respective fields. Not only will I be talking to them about their work and how they define themselves. And I found that I actually, I found my voice and I found myself in the project that I'm doing. Now I am who I am because, I mean, I see it in the way that I work. I see it, you know, through everything that I go through. And uh, I feel like it's actually molded me into a much better person than um, I was before. But we will be chatting the big questions. Definitely looking at a fossil and knowing that it used to be part of a once living organism that used to live when humans weren't around anywhere, we weren't anywhere. Um, and the environment was different. You know, I look at a fossil and the climate was different. The different, you know, the continents were different. The ocean levels were different. Every single thing was different about the earth when this organism lived. And having it in my hand right now, being able to touch it and hold it and interact with it, I think is, is really inspiring for me and inspiring for others who, you know, want to be paleontologists. When you're holding a rock that's about four and a half billion years old and you didn't see it, you know, um, form or anything like that, but you know from your understanding of geology and how it formed, I think it's I think it's pretty incredible to me. And it actually gives a perspective on life that humans have only been here for an instant. We are honestly a blink of an eye, a snap of a finger to the history of the to the history of the planet Earth and to the history of the universe. And so I think that really gives a perspective on that we need to take care of our Earth because we're only going to be here for, you know, uh, as much time as we, we can. And how their work reaches people young and old all over the world today. Science is endless joy, no matter how you do it. You know, you, you may find joy in your work personally. You may find joy in telling people about your work. You may have fun and find joy into just make games like find the lizard or guess the skull or crow or no crow and there's so many good accounts out there now these scientists include paleobotanist and ecologist aviwe matawane historical geologist slash paleontologist cameron miskelly paleontologist and co-host of pbs's eons callie moore and more tune in every monday starting september 7th only on see jurassic right in whatever podcast app you listen in be sure to subscribe and also follow on twitter at sjrpod and instagram at see jurassic right for any additional updates and the like and as always hold on to your butts i'll see you very soon planning for your next trip Elevate your travel style with Quince. 
Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.